All right, uh, welcome to the first episode of the Highlight Reel. My name is Allison. And I'm Jacqueline, and this is super exciting. We are a podcast all about movies and nerd culture and other kind of forms of pop culture and media. So a little bit of a kind of backstory on the inception of Highlight Reel. Allison and I know each other from college, and we used to do this show in, on our college radio station. And we did it every week, and, you know, we would talk about all sorts of stuff. And we wanted to kind of make it into a podcast. So I guess if you are an old fan of the show, we are mixing things up a little bit. Um, we're actually integrating it into a Discord channel that Jacqueline owns called The Shinema Club. Do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure, yeah. So uh, the Cinema Club is basically just an online movie club uh, that I created back in the beginning of quarantine because I really missed being able to kind of watch movies with my friends and talk about them. So kind of how the Cinema Club works is every weekend, people can nominate one movie that they want to be the movie of the week. And... Whatever gets the most votes kind of wins, and then that is the movie of the week. Sometimes we have double features if there's, you know, two movies that are really popular and everyone's voting for them. The movie of the week will kind of be from Monday to Friday, and then we'll have a specific channel to discuss spoilers and all that jazz for that movie, and then the cycle repeats. So how we're going to kind of be incorporating that into the highlight reel is whatever the Shinma Club movie of the week is will be the highlight reel movie of the week as well. Yeah, so we're kind of, is writing this podcast in a book club format. So um, when we kind of have our movie of the week, it will be we'll be discussing the movie from the previous week. And if you know, if you're interested in joining the Shinema Club so you can discuss with us and all of the other members, we'll have the link to join the server and all of our social media and whatnot. We're hoping we can kind of make the podcast a little bit more interactive that way. Yeah, so you can join in the conversation. You can talk to us um, just through that Discord server if you have anything you want to kind of comment on. We have a bunch of other fun channels in there, too, and it's not just uh, Movie of the Week. Like, There's a bunch of other memes and yeah, TV we, shows, gaming. We've got a great community in there, so hopefully yeah, if you're not already a part of it, you come join us. Yeah, so I guess to kind of further explain how the podcast is going to work as well, other than the Movie of the Week... We'll also have a question of the week, which is usually how we uh, will start off every every episode of the podcast. And we also are integrating a new thing that will be kind of closing out each episode with a pop culture pick of the week. So do you want to explain that a little bit? Sure. So um, pop culture pick of the week, we're just going to talk about whatever piece of media, whether it be, you know, another movie or a TV show, video game meme anything really <laughs> that just really made us happy during this week and we just feel like talking about it yeah we just kind of want to highlight it so yes to speak. <laughs> oh, oh boy man, have not missed those of... weird puns <laughs> okay so i guess <laughs> kind of going off of that uh let me introduce myself a little bit more so that you can kind of get to know us and you know it's it's hard to kind of like summarize yourself, I guess, in like a few sentences or whatever. It's like back to class icebreakers, and it's really weird and awkward and comfortable. But uh, my name is Jacqueline. I love puns. <laughs> Not as much as I love movies, though. I've been a big kind of movie fan ever since I was a kid. Like my dad kind of got me into it because my dad's probably like the biggest movie buff I know. And I'm pretty much into 
anything except I am generally a wimp when it comes to horror, which is a little bit ironic because a lot of the Cinema Club movie of the weeks have been horror uh, for October and Halloween spooky spooky season. Yeah, so had to kind of step out of my comfort zone a little bit for that, but I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Yeah, so I'm Allison. I have always kind of liked movies. I mean, kind of started as like, I guess, a bit more of a casual movie fan up until high school or college. I started getting more into kind of finding like what my favorite movies are, what I liked in certain movies. And um, I guess taking it a bit more seriously, I guess you'd say. I enjoy watching movies. Um, I guess most of my favorites recently have been more recent movies. I'm admittedly not much of a classic movie person, but um, I'm in Cinema Club to hopefully, you know, expand my taste a little bit. Yeah, just talk about movies with other people. That's another thing I really like doing. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I, I definitely feel you on that, like, I would say my knowledge of movies is pretty, like, solid for, like, anything maybe, like, 70s and 80s onward. But anything, like, very classic, I'm not as well-versed in. So definitely something I also want to work on. Um, And I've seen a lot of new movies through the Shinema Club, which is always really nice, you know, when something wins that you haven't seen yet or has been on your to-watch list, and you can kind of explore new territory with that. Definitely. Bringing down that um, ever-growing mental list of movies I want to watch is definitely my goal. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Yeah. One day, you know, you'll get through them, but in the meantime, I'm like, let me re-watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for the 69th time. Nice. (laughs) And going off of that, awesome segue... Yeah. Our question of the week is going to be, what are your top three favorite movies? So a pretty kind of common, basic question, but just to kind of, how do do I phrase it? Like show off our interests and kind of uh, explain a little bit more of our background and kind of help you to know a little bit more. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing three because as I'm sure any kind of movie fan can relate, it's like impossible to just pick one all-time favorite movie yeah um and also last time we did this um we had the same favorite movie so maybe this will be a bit different (laughs) should we okay should we say what that movie is and then not include it in our top three so that we can say other movies (laughs) yeah let's do that we've already even mentioned it we both said scott pilgrim first time we ever recorded this back in 2017 which was hilarious because it was totally like neither of us had discussed it before like Yo, like, okay, we're gonna do what's your favorite movie for the question of the week, and like, and we we ne- we didn't tell each other prior to recording. Yeah. I think I don't remember who answered the question first, but they they said like, oh, it, you know, if I had to pick one, it would be Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. The other person just like, bruh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you thing. might find out, like, we have a lot of very similar niche interests that we yes. just kind of find out over the course of this friendship. It's really hilarious. We were both at the same Hannah Montana concert, right? Yes, we were. <laughs> Back in like, oh, man, like what, 2000? I want to say like 2008. Six? Or maybe. Eight? Okay. Maybe I, eight. Honestly, I don't seven. even know. We'll go, yeah. right. we'll, go in, we'll go in the middle, 2007. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it's, it's small <laughs> little niches like that where it's like we were totally like meant to be friends. Yeah. So 
it, it just like worked out really perfectly. So it was really funny that both of us said Scott Pilgrim versus the World for our favorite movie. But yes. if I were to pick three other favorite movies, I would have to say Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's like one of my go to feel good movies. I just love that movie and I can never get sick of it. Kiki's Delivery Service. That was my first Studio Ghibli movie as a child. And watching it as an adult is like a very different experience, but it's just such a meaningful movie to me. Like I, I absolutely adore that movie. And hmm, I'll go with for my third pick, I'll do a bit of a newer movie. I'll say Parasite because, you know, obviously that was the best picture winner from the Oscars this year. It was my favorite movie from 2019. And I am Korean, so I'm like very biased. And I'll probably be talking about my Korean pride if we ever talk about other Korean movies on the show. I'll be like, I'm Korean, I love it. It's like, yeah, okay, shut up. Jacqueline, oh my God, we're going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'm sorry. I'm honestly just going off my top movies right now on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I did it as well. Yeah, obviously one of them is Parasite. Um, <laughs> but I guess these three movies, like, there's a lot, like, kind of in common with them the more you think about it. But I mm-hmm. guess I will just say my top three non-Scott Pilgrim favorite movies are Get Out, Sorry to Bother You, and Parasite. Those those picks do not surprise me yeah. at all. <laughs> I, re- I still remember when Sorry to Bother You came out and I think like you saw it like opening night or something and immediately after you like called me, you were like, Jacqueline, I just need to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I what can I say? I just love a good commentary. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> I love like a good racing earlier. class commentary. Oh, mm, yes. (laughs) All of those definitely um, have that kind of trend going on. I feel like my picks were a little bit all over the place. But yeah, so those are just some of our favorite movies. Obviously, there's so many more that we'll we'll be talking about throughout the course of the podcast. But that's kind of a good little teaser and appetizer for our personalities and kind of tastes in movies. Now we can talk about our actual movie of the week. So the most recent movie of the week from the Cinema Club was actually nominated by you, A.T. It was. Um, So I guess like we mentioned before, um, for the month of October, we mostly just kind of stuck to horror thriller, like a spookier movies for a spooky season. Mm-hmm. So our movie of the week this week is American Psycho, directed by Mary Heron and starring Christian Bale. Yeah, so this movie's a classic. I mean, it came out what, like late 90s or early 2000s, I want to say? It's, it's 2001, I believe. 2001, okay, yeah. So a little, little younger Christian Bale. Um, I wonder if this... Oh, I'm sorry, was it was 2000. I'm sorry. Eh, it's close enough, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... I, I'm not really sure what put Christian Bale on the map and, like, when he really, like, became famous. Like, I'm not sure if it was Dark Knight or, or I mean, Batman uh, or before that. Um, according to IMDb, his IMDb page, uh-huh. um, his top four movies that he is known for is The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, American Psycho, and Vice. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I don't know what, like, the kind of criteria for, like, being on someone's known for, especially with more famous people who are known for a lot of roles. Right, right. I mean, for some people, like, Robert Downey Jr. is obviously Iron Man. Like, for yeah. sure, for sure. But, like, what about someone like, you know, Adam Sandler, who's been, like, famous <laughs> forever, and, like, I don't know him from one specific role, you know? Also, how would you pick four good Adam Sandler movies? <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> I'm kidding. I absolutely... I love Adam Sandler movies. No I hate actually... for the Sandman on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Big Daddy? Bruh. I love that movie, okay? Click? classic tell me you didn't cry (laughs) um i actually just watched have you heard of hubie halloween i have heard of it i haven't watched it yet i did watch it with some friends virtually a few weeks ago it was pretty bad but you know it's it was like an enjoyable bad kind of okay kind of but it was filmed before the whole Uncut Gems thing where he said, like, yo, if I don't get nominated for Best Actor, I will make a bad movie for Netflix. <laughs> so this was not the bad Uncut Gems movie. We, we still have a bad Adam Sandler movie in the works, people. That's something to look forward to right there. <laughs> oh, definitely. I love a good bad movie. Oh, yes. That's another thing that AT and I have in common is we both have an extreme love for The Room. I'm staring at my ro- The Room DVD right now. Not my Room <laughs> DVD starring Brie Larson. My The Room DVD <laughs> starring the one and only Tommy Wiseau. I must say, I'm ashamed to admit, I don't actually own The Room, like on Blu-ray or DVD. Wow. I know. I was a literally- fan. I actually just added it to my Amazon cart because I have an Amazon gift card for my birthday. <laughs> and I was kind of like, like I, I would have just preferred cash. I don't want to give Bezos more income, but whatever. <laughs> I, I get that for sure. That's a whole sure. other other side conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll gladly to... talk about how much I hate Bezos, but like. Uh, it'll, it'll come. Yeah, it's inevitable. It'll, it'll come. Inevitable. <laughs> yes, you're, you're correct. Let's just stick to American Psycho, another very rich man with some oh, deep-seated problems and very much so. hatred for poor people. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess we'll kind of talk about some non-spoilery stuff, and then once we get into the more spoiler territory, we can give a little bit of a warning in yes. case anyone wants to listen and then, you know, pause this, go watch the movie, come back to it. We'll, we'll be sure to give plenty of warnings, but... Um, For sure. So American Psycho is about this super rich white dude, played by Christian Bale, named Patrick Bateman. It's kind of a look at how... Hmm, it, it's, it's hard to describe this movie, actually, without getting super spoilery. According to Letterboxd, <laughs> which is one of my all-time favorite websites, they describe the movie as a wealthy New York investment banking executive hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his coworkers and friends, escalates deeper into his illogical, gratuitous fantasies. So, as I'm sure you can tell by the title and all the posters and stuff, there's a lot of murder going on here. And Christian Bale is just like fantastic in this role like he was absolutely born to play it 
I, I really, I would not be surprised if this was, like, one of his first really big roles, um, since it was 2000, it's freaking 20 years ago, my gosh. Yeah. Let's take a look, actually. I've still got his IMDb page up. Let's see. His first acting role was in 1986 in a wow. TV miniseries called Anastasia, the Mystery of Anna. Anastasia! Oh, okay. He was in the uh, 1994 filming of Little Women. He was Laurie. Oh, that's right. I remember when, when the new Little Woman came out, yeah. I was looking up the older ones and... I saw him in it and I was like, oh, like that kind of surprised me. But so Christian Bale was like kind of like proto Chalamet in a way. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I could see the resemblance. I could see the resemblance. Um, so there's a lot of really iconic scenes in this movie. Um, two in particular that I definitely want to talk about uh, when we get into like kind of like the more spoilery stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, I do think. This is a great movie. Like, it's it's really well made, you know. Claps to having a woman director in 2000. That's awesome. This is always, like, one of my go-to movies when people are talking about, like, films directed by women. I'm like, American Psycho. That's, yeah. like, such a great one. It's got a great cast. Not only Christian Bale. You've got Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese who I Witherspoon. always forget, is in this. Justin Thoreau. Um, Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, so it's like, you know, obviously Christian Bale is definitely the star. And yes. <laughs> those other those other people are, are uh, much smaller roles. Um, but it's still really cool to see them since it's, it's, it's an older movie. And, you know, maybe this was kind of before they were really big and blew up. But it it's definitely like, it's, it's the kind of movie where like on first viewing, you're kind of like unsure what to think of everything. And I think it really benefits from rewatches. I, I love rewatching movies, so I really enjoy movies that are even better the more you watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parasite is, like, a great example of that. You know, 18, I saw yes. that probably, like, a billion times already. At least six for me. I think I think it might be seven for me. I don't remember, but it's, it's definitely at least six. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Um, but, Which, like, I, I never got yeah. aboard of it. How many times have you seen American Psycho? American Psycho, I believe I've seen three times. Okay. Um, this was my first watch of American yeah, Psycho. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you think about it, you know, after just watching it for the first time recently? I, I felt slightly misled as many websites were calling this a horror movie. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I don't know. I would agree with that, actually. It, when you nominated it, you were like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to close off uh, the end of October and, like, spooky season with American Psycho, like, you know, this classic horror movie. I was a little bit like, oh, like, I, I wouldn't classify it as horror, personally. I would say more, like, psych thrillery. Yeah, um, I agree. I totally agree. And even then, like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was a freshman in college, and two of my best friends, like, had recommended it to me, and, like... Obviously, I had heard about it, but as I had mentioned earlier, I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to horror and whatnot. So just judging from, like, the poster and everything, like, I thought it'd be really scary. And my friends, like, were very reassuring. And they were like, it's really not that bad. Like, you barely see any violence. And that's actually pretty true. Like, yeah, when you really think about it, 
you there's a lot of stuff that like if you think about it it it's pretty messed up and can get to you but like visually you don't see too much right is it rated r it is rated r okay yeah um, i mean there is a lot of like sexual stuff in it as well i think there was more oh. of that than there was of oh. violence yes <laughs> that is very true yeah uh patrick bateman is a very conceited character mm-hmm. um there's definitely a lot of commentary on just this kind of world and how it can kind of shape a person and make yeah. them behave i feel like Maybe now would be a good time to go into spoilers because it's kind of hard to talk about other stuff without just saying stuff that's happened in the movie. For sure. I would say for anyone who hasn't seen it and is not really looking for spoilers, as someone who watched it for the first time, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good watch. Um, I'd say if you are particularly sensitive to horror films, I feel like this is an okay one. I'd rather... I'd personally classify it as a thriller, yeah. which I think definitely great first step if you're trying to get into scary movies a bit more. Just start with a couple thriller movies. I'd even also recommend Get Out. That was yeah. my intro into kind of scarier stuff, and it still drug. stuck with me for all this time, and it's climbed up my list to be one of my top favorites. So, yeah, definitely yeah. a good intro into... Um, kind of getting yourself into more scary movies. Um, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of, you know, sex stuff. There's a bit of, like, you know, violence pertaining to that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And th- there's also quite a bit of death. I'm not going to spoil anything about right, anyone right. who particularly dies, but there's also a lot of death. Um but yeah, overall, I'm I'm glad I watched it, and it's yeah, I, I'd recommend it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's a a great start into kind of getting into something that's a little bit more intense and scary because it thankfully isn't super graphic. Yeah. So I think that can kind of be the hardest part for a lot of people, like myself included, when I was trying to get into more horror thriller types and stuff um and like i i love thrillers and i think why i can kind of distinguish thriller from horror is because of that like really graphic element and like scariness yeah so thankfully this movie isn't really like that but it's still like even though we wouldn't classify it as a horror movie like it's still fitting for october like yeah for sure um but now in terms of spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie uh, be sure to pause and come back once you've seen yes. it. It's, it's a great movie. We both recommend it. It's Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have to talk about the business card scene. Oh my God. Yes. That is one of my all time favorite movie scenes like ever. I It's iconic. It's hilarious. It's Perfect. So ridiculous. And honestly, I'm not sure if you saw my letterbox review, but it reminded me so much of an anime. Like an anime <laughs> sequence. I could totally see that all you need are like the glasses to like shimmer, you know, have that like anime effect. Yes. And then it would be perfect. So um, if anyone out there is like 
somehow involved in the anime industry. Please, like, <laughs> somehow make that animated. Um, it yeah, was, I doubt it was, that. For me, it was the kind of inner monologue coupled with the, like, sound effects anytime a business card was put down. <laughs> it just really screamed anime to me, and I'm like... And oh just the God. overall ridiculousness of it. Like, yes. they all look the same. Yeah. These are just plain white business cards with a slightly different font. And paperweight. Black and text. Like stuff like that. Yeah. It's hilarious. And <laughs> definitely, like, the, the funniest part is when um, they want to see, I think, Jared Leto's character, like, his business card. Yeah. And, like... You know, Patrick Bateman sees it, and then he has, like, the inner monologue. He's like, oh, my God. Like, the offset white, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it, like, his delivery of that line is amazing. The amazing. part where he, like, clenches his fist and starts sweating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, my God. It even yes. has a watermark. Yeah. <laughs> the watermark. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I will, like, never get tired of that scene. I actually... I almost made my own business cards in the same style as the business <laughs> cards from the movie, just as like a joke. But then I decided not to do it. Just I, I, I love the scene that much. That's actually really funny. And like, I mean, just as a scene, what a what a great commentary on just like, like upper class, like worries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, just making this entire scene out of like business card fonts and paperweights and just turning it into this big dramatic scene, I think is absolutely genius. It is. It truly is. Not sure how it compares to the, how it's written in the book. Um, There is a book. I have not read it. Have you read it? Yeah. I mean, no, I haven't. That's a really good point though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's amazing. It's, I, I don't know if it's the most iconic scene compared to the um, Huey Lewis in the News one. Yeah. With Jared Leto. That's probably the most famous scene, but the business card scene is definitely my, my all-time favorite. It's just, I think it it is a really great kind of, like, encapsulation of what the movie's about, like you said, and, like, how it's highlighting these friggin' rich guys who this is like what they care about and all they want to do is be able to gloat about their wealth and success and like that's their identity like their whole personality is wrapped around their work and like that kind of ethic and to me I'm like you know I think it's important to be like hardworking and to love your job and whatever but like all they want to do is be able to gloat about it like there's like that whole thing I I guess it's kind of like a subplot where they're like, you know, they want to be able to like get reservations at like some fancy restaurant whenever they can and like have these connects and plugs and like all this stuff. And it's like, are they even doing it for them or are they just doing it so they can tell other people? Yeah. It's it's just crazy because like I'm. I definitely know people who are like that in real life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, who have that, like, a, a similar personality, but, like, scaled down, obviously, because everything about this movie is, is very exaggerated. Correct, um, yes. 
And I hope you don't know any serial killers. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> Only for breakfast cereal. Yes. Okay. So it's okay. Understandable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously that that is just such a great scene. Um, the Hugh Lewis in the news scene is also awesome and mm-hmm. also equally ridiculous. I think <laughs> my least favorite part is when he kills the little dog. Did I just like completely like I might have just blacked that part out of my mind. Maybe you're because I do it not as a fellow dog yeah, lover. I, th- I think I might have repressed repressed it as a dog owner. I'm pretty sure it was like the first thing he kills, like kind of somewhat in the beginning. Like I think he kills like a homeless dude and then his dog, like oh, homeless dude's dog. Okay, I, I know what you're talking about now. I yeah. wasn't sure if the dog died, so. I'm pretty sure he... Yeah, he did. Or, it, it makes or, sense. Or, or did he? Right. Or did he? I emoji question mark. So what is this movie about and what actually happens? Yeah. Like, obviously how the movie ends is... It's kind of ambiguous. It is. It's ambiguous. There's tons of different ways you can interpret it. And honestly, I, I'm still not really sure what I believe. Mm-hmm. I want to say that my interpretation is probably that, like, he actually didn't do any of that, and it was all just in his head because he was super messed up. But I I don't really know. I'm not really sure what Mary Heron's kind of vision was, but I, I, I'm i going to assume it was, you know, she wanted it to be ambiguous and open to interpretation and that there actually isn't, like, a true, you know, quote, true, like, ending. Yeah, um... So I will say, after I finished it, I thought the same exact thing. Um, Just with that open-endedness and people kind of confusing him for this other guy and um, just having Paul Allen actually be alive in the end or something. Yeah. I I wasn't quite sure about that one. Um, But the way he was getting away with it, it seemed like it had all kind of happened in his head. However, Mm -hmm. I did look it up because I was kind of curious about it. And um, I watched this video essay from, I know their old name is Screen Prism, but I'm not sure. They have a new name. Oh, it's The Take, I believe. The Take, yeah. Oh, they they make great videos. Yeah, so The Take had put out a video about the ending of American Psycho. And Mm -hmm. they had noted in it that both Mary Heron and uh, Brett Easton Ellis, who was the author of American Psycho, had both planned, in their mind, they had said Patrick Bateman actually did do all of those murders. Oh, okay. It was just kind of another thing to kind of make him kind of lose it a bit more for, like, people to not get it and like he was just kind of and getting away with everything um, right and i think it's also just another point of like being a wealthy dude who can get away with literal murder you know white privilege yeah and, and he's also a guy which helps <laughs> i think it also has to go into the fact that um like with mental illness coming into play where um it's all these people just not noticing that they're best friends with someone who is like a sociopath. Like he can't feel 
any kind of real emotion. Um, he has a problem with killing people. Like mm-hmm. he's a serial killer and his friends are too absorbed in themselves to notice anything going wrong. Yeah. So I, I think there are a lot of interpretations about what this ending means. And I don't know if any of them are necessarily wrong or right. Um, yeah. Since everything is v- really ambiguous. Yeah, I think the kind of the first one that you had mentioned about, you know, he actually did do all of them and it was making him even more unstable because no one would believe him. I think I've heard that one before and I think that one also makes a lot of sense because, you know, at the end, he just he he wants to get it off his chest and be like, yeah. you know, found. Like, he, I don't he remember seems who he calls on the phone. It was his lawyer. Yeah. And then right, also right. his secretary. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just like, you know, what are you talking about and stuff? And he, he's like freaking out even more about that, like understandably so. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like, I feel like when you rewatch the movie and kind of thinking about all the possible endings and interpretations, you, you definitely see things in a different light. Um, and I'm kind of wondering how it goes into play that like people keep confusing him for someone else and like they all look identical you know they all are white businessmen with glasses and like mm-hmm. dark hair and valentino and like suits <laughs> yeah and and nice business cards you yeah. know like what is that saying about the whole thing like they all look the same so it doesn't matter who does what like it's just it's all very interesting definitely um, i think that's what's really cool about this movie like I definitely did not see that ending coming at all I really didn't know where it was going honestly like was he just gonna get away with it or was he gonna get killed or you know found out and taken to prison like first time I saw this I had no idea where it was going but definitely that wasn't what I was expecting mm-hmm. definitely um I do have a question for you as someone who has yes. seen it multiple times in what ways do, do you think that it gets better with every watch for you? Hmm. I feel like just all the little subtleties of like his behavior and interactions with other people. And I think especially in the beginning, like you kind of are trying to see like whether or not like, you know, did this actually happen or is this just a figment of his crazy mind like Mm -hmm. and you're trying to kind of view each scene like okay if this didn't happen then like what is actually happening you know Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like other kind of psych thrillers that are similar where like you rewatch it and you know you see everything differently like it's it's kind of similar to that but not entirely because I think with a lot of other psych thrillers like especially like Christopher Nolan's movies mm-hmm. like you you're given kind of the truth at the end so then you can rewatch it knowing like okay this is what I'm looking at for whereas with American Psycho you don't you still don't really know what you believe so right. y- you know when you rewatch it it's like okay like I- am I going to be persuaded into thinking one interpretation over the other by the end of this viewing or not um like so the most recent time I rewatched it was uh, maybe a little less than a year ago with my boyfriend because he had never seen it before. And I think after rewatching it that time, I was kind of like, 
you know what? Like, I, I don't think it actually happened. But then even now, just in our conversations, I'm like, you know what? I kind of believe that maybe he did, but no one believes him and it's making him crazy. Like, I actually really like that interpretation. So like now mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I want to rewatch it now thinking maybe that way. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'll be watching it over again anytime soon, but I think I'm going to give it a little while. I'll think about what I kind of thought with that first viewing and Mm -hmm. watch it again, maybe in a couple months and see if anything kind of changed. Yeah, I definitely would be really interested to hear what you think about it when you rewatch it. Um, Yeah. And I definitely get that. Like, it's not something I rewatch very often. Like, I've, I've only think I've only seen it like two or three times. Okay. Um, and that was like with like you know a year or so like periods. Um, so especially like with like kind of like heavier like really thought provoking movies, like you need kind of time to settle. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of our thoughts on American Psycho. Check it out for yourself. Form your own opinions. Uh, If you want to chat about it with us, feel free to join the Cinema Club and you can talk about the movie with us or you can check out our social media and always chat with us there. Before we wrap up the show, we're going to do our first pop culture pick of the week. Yeah. Yay. Um, Okay. I guess I'll go first. Okay. Um, This probably won't come as a surprise to you, but my pop culture pick of the week Honestly, really, like, the month okay. is the very popular game Among Us. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, she's not going to be surprised at all. I've been, like, obsessed with this game. And honestly, like, I've had a lot of, like, really stressful weeks within the past couple months. And this game has been, like, the sole thing to, like, lift me up every night, which is kind of funny because there's a lot of lying and deceit and angry conversations that can stem from this game, and it can (laughs) get really heated. And there are definitely times where I'm like, I need to take a little bit of a break or I can feel myself getting really exhausted playing it. But almost every night, I'm, like, itching to play it again because I think what I love about it so much, well, there's a lot of things, but for number one... You know, we still live in a difficult time right now. People are still quarantining and it's still hard to be able to go out and see your friends and socialize. So any kind of multiplayer game I think right now is is great. And I have reconnected with so many people through this game. I do have a whole server dedicated to it. So I, I've been playing with a lot of different people. So that's like one thing that has been making me really happy about it is like being able to do something with my friends virtually and it's like really easy because it's free on your phone anyone can play it um and i think another thing i really like about it is that like it's every game is new like yeah with with some games it can get a little bit repetitive like i'm also a really big super smash brothers player um but you know sometimes it can get a little repetitive especially depending on who you're playing with like it can kind of just feel like you're getting juggled or you're juggling and it can get a little boring after a while. Whereas with Among Us, like there are definitely nights where I'm like, okay, I'll just play one more game. And then like, I need to go to bed cause it's 2am, but like you want to keep going cause every game is so different. Yeah. And especially if you're playing with new people for the first time, you know, everyone has different strategies and ways of going about it. So that game has been like, 
a big uh, pick-me-up and has given me a lot of joy killing my friends. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely agree Among Us has been kind of a breath of fresh air during this quarantining time. Um, it brings a lot of people together, like you said, and yeah, I agree. It's, it's a wonderful little game. Um, I'd yeah. say... My pop culture pick of the week is another video game. Oh. Um, it's a little bit spookier. Um, oh. It's this game I recently found called Dead by Daylight. It's been out <gasps> since, like, 2016 or something. But mm -hmm. um, I have um, this thing called Game Pass on Xbox, which lets you download a whole bunch of games for free. Well, not for free, but you, you pay a monthly fee to download hundreds of right, games, not right. pay for it. So I found it through there. And I guess basically Dead by Daylight is um, kind of an asymmetrical game. Uh, you have one killer and four survivors. And what you need to do is repair generators on this map um, and try to escape this, the area you're in. Um, but you have the killer coming up and like chasing you and just like trying to hang you on a hook and sacrifice you to some higher being called the entity um Ooh. yeah so um that's intense yeah so that that's what i've been into lately um they have a lot of tie-ins with some kind of like sci-fi and horror series um with different characters um like they have stranger things you can play as like nancy or steve and also the demogorgon if you're on the killer side oh wow that's really cool you can play as like Ghostface and um, Freddy and I don't know, just like a lot of different. I uh, saw um, Michael Myers. Um, yeah, they, they have lots of different tie ins with a lot of big franchises. And I think that like adds kind of an extra level of like funness to the game. Like, yeah, I don't know. Or it, intensity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just getting to like. I mean, you obviously have to pay for, like, you know, being able to use those characters. Like, it it doesn't come free. Mm, but, I mm -hmm. mean, it's definitely a bit more fun for me to play as Nancy Wheeler than it is for me to play with their, like, in-game <laughs> characters. Yeah, like, generic human number two. Yeah. But, um, I mean, regardless of who you play as, it's it's a really cool game. It's pretty intense, especially if you... Kind of like Among Us, if you're with a group of people and you're playing together, trying to survive or trying to, you know, kill all the survivors. It, it's, it's a pretty fun game. So is that like another old game that has repopularized recently? Because I had never heard about it until recently, but I feel like a lot of people are playing it right now. Or is it just because it's like Halloween? Yeah, they're doing a big Halloween event right now. Um, I think they have also released a couple new characters and stuff. Uh, so there is a bit more of a resurgence there. Um, mm. And also getting added to Xbox Game Pass got a lot of new people interested in it as well. Yeah, definitely. That's that's really awesome to have that as an option to play for the Game Pass. Yeah. Um, PlayStation, I think, has something similar, but I don't think I'm subscribed to it anymore. But it's funny because, like you said, there's like kind of like kind of similarities or tie-ins with Among Us because I think there is kind of like a, a fan-made game mode for Among Us similar to the whole hide-and-seek version uh that's inspired by Dead by Daylight uh mm -hmm. I don't remember what the rules of it were but um 
someone kind of like came up with a way to play Among Us that was similar to Dead by Daylight. So I think that's kind of funny. Oh, really? Wow. That, that is very yeah, interesting. I, I need to I need to ask my friend what the rules were, because I remember in my server we were going to play it, but then we ended up not for some reason. I know. So the hide and seek version is like you have one imposter and at the start of the game, they reveal themselves and then everyone like they keep their mics on and just kind of like try to run and hide from the imposter. Um, some people play it where you do try to do your tasks and, you know, try to like do it before the imposter kills everyone. Um, you also have the imposter vision like really low and the crewmate one really high. So you can see the imposter more easily, but they can't see you. Um, you don't report dead bodies. Imposter can't vent or sabotage. Uh, so it's just like really chaotic. So I think it was the Dead by Daylight kind of version was kind of similar to that, but there were definitely more intense rules, I think. I just can't remember exactly what it was. I'll oh, that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely should play that together sometime because yeah. it, it, it was a lot of fun. It's kind of funny. We both picked video games. Yeah. For our pop culture pick of the week. <laughs> we're uh, grill gamers. Yeah. Gamer grills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. George Foreman gamer grills. Yes. <laughs> all right well that wraps up our first episode of the highlight reel thank you guys so much for listening uh we're really excited to be back with a kind of new format and hopefully a more consistent upload schedule and um you know if you want to keep up with the show we're on twitter and facebook we're going to be more active on that now and instagram uh, yes <laughs> Shout out, AT made an Instagram for us at Highlight Real Show. Wait, no, so we're, we're, we're Highlight Real Podcast on Instagram. Oh, we're Highlight. Okay, we're at Highlight Real Podcast on Instagram. Honestly, our social handles are a mess because yeah, apparently Highlight Real is hard to claim. It's it's a popular name for a podcast, apparently. Mostly within apparently sports. So. Um, not I many, know, but we're movies. Yeah, so we're different. But <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure all our social handles are uh, listed in the description of this podcast. Um, so wherever you want to, if you want to follow us, uh, just refer to that. And um, also join us on Discord. Uh, we'd love yes. to talk to anyone who is interested in either this podcast or the movies we pick. Um, and yeah, let's uh, start a conversation. Yeah, let's connect, y'all. I mean, honestly... Who knows, if you join the ser the Discord server, your nominated movie could end up being the movie of the week, and then we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. So we're really excited to kind of be more interactive and, you know, hopefully get to know our listeners better. So um, thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, this has been The Highlight Reel. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Allison. And, and cut! cut.